Wertes in der Kleinstadt Winden ein Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Die Frage ist nicht, wer die Kinder entführt hat, sondern wann. Das Ende ist der Anfang. Und der Anfang ist das Ende. Tick, tick. Du wirst alles verstehen, wenn es an der Zeit ist zu verstehen. Tick, tick. Aber jede Entscheidung für etwas ist doch immer eine Entscheidung gegen etwas. Hello and welcome to Dark, a companion podcast to the Netflix TV series. I'm PB. I'm Acorn. And I'm Merkels. Shall we begin? Yes. 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 Episode yes. Episode yes. 10. What? Oh my gosh. For 10, 10 weeks. weeks. You were just saying, yeah, we've just yeah. been doing this for 10 weeks, which is so exciting. Um, and we haven't missed a single one yet, which brings me to the next immediate point of order, which is that I am okay but I actually got hit by a car last week. So my yeah. no my notes for this episode are a little sparse, but I know in my heart that we're not doing a disservice to it because we're going to deep dive. Between the three of us, we have a lot to talk about in religion and dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. However, I don't have a icebreaker question for this week because everything that I kept thinking of was, I felt like, you know, far too personal. Not that we've not been personal before, but most of the stuff I think we've already talked about. So no icebreaker. So we're just going to dive right in if everybody's okay with that. Mm -hmm. However, before we do that, y'all know the drill by this point. We're a companion, not a watch along. So you definitely, if for some reason you've clicked on this episode before anything else, go back, watch the whole show and then come and listen to this. Also, this is a discussion between friends. We don't get to cheat and look at each other's notes. So everything that we're experiencing is a, is a live discussion. We really want you to feel like you're in our living room, you know, having a conversation with us. So hopefully we've, we've done just that. Do we want to housekeeping? Do we have any housekeeping? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think that we do. There wasn't anything that I flagged. So I think we're good on housekeeping. Okay. And do we want a mailman? Yes, I am the mailman. I've got a wonderful email for us. This email's from Vince. Hey guys. Hi Vince. Hi Vince. Hi Vince. I had been searching for a dark podcast since season three ended with no luck until I finally found yours on my podcast app. I can't Ooh. tell you how happy I am to have finally found you. I'm currently on my third rewatch of the show and I continue to see things that I missed the first two times. It is an amazing show. And while you don't have to watch it more than once, it is one of those rare shows that definitely rewards repeat viewings. Yes. Listening to your podcast every week has helped answer some of the questions I still have. I'm fortunate to have a home theater with a Dolby Atmos sound system and hearing it that way with its amazing score and sound design is a real treat. Oh boy. Yeah. So we have a real treat for you and that is the sound design episode coming up. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Because I'm right there with you, Vince. I'm right there yep. with you. Sadly, only the first season was in Atmos, but the other two are not too shabby. Hopefully you guys have friends with similar setups so you can really experience the difference it makes. It is almost as if the sound is its own character in the show and it really draws you into that world. Uh, oh yep. my gosh. Also, <laughs> I have to say... Mm -hmm. Whenever I went to the movie theaters, I would specifically only go to one with a Dolby theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's because the sound we all oh care God, about. It's incredible, lot, don't we? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we do. It completely changes the movie going experience to the point where I can't go to see a regular movie anymore. It's like yeah. I have to go to the Dolby theater and usually it's whatever is new, like Star Wars or some other big blockbuster. And it really does add to the experience. It's kind of like Vince said, it's like another character. The yes. sound plays that. such a huge part in the story. Yeah, it sure does. Oh boy, I have so much to say that I'm going to not allow myself to say for spoilers <laughs> sake for the 
episode. However, I will say I have a sound system, a surround system, but I also watch from my PlayStation, which allows me to plug my headphones into the controller and just give it a watch with headphones. And boy, that's an experience too, Vince. So definitely, if you are able to try that, get some nice cans and holy cow, it's it's an amazing experience. I do that too. I also do that with the soundtrack. Because uh, I have mm-hmm. I have the soundtrack on vinyl, and I just will put it on, and I'll put my headphones on, and just lay there and. I'm, yep, I'm just I'm just there. I'm there. I'm probably not the typical demographic for a dark fan. I'm 69 years old, but I have to say that it is one of the best shows I've seen on Netflix or any other content provider for that matter. I thoroughly enjoy your podcast and look forward to many more episodes and listening to your ideas and theories about the show and its characters. I think, Vince, I find that so fascinating because I'd like to talk about that a little bit because I don't know if there is a perfect demo for Dark. Is there? I don't think so. I I think think the demographic is anyone who likes deep dives and time travel and layers which can be any age. I I I want to say also, it tends to probably be a bit older. I would say that the demographic for this show, if anything, would be older folks that have experienced pain and loss to the point where, you know, you understand the sacrifices made in the show, you know, and, and the characters. And yeah, so I think that's fair. Should we repeat a line that was said to us for Vince? Sure. You're a perfect match, Vince. Never believe anything else. Oh, I second that. I third it. Take care and keep up the great work with the podcast, Vince. <laughs> we Thanks, will. Vince. Thank, thank you so, you so much, you. That was very lovely. That was such a lovely letter. So, so that's yeah. it for the mail. Well, then thank that's you. That's it for the mailman. Are we thank ready you. to dive in? Yes. Sure are. Okay. So for Religion in Dark, I think we uncovered in the one of the earlier episodes, we were talking about kind of the explosion, brain explosion of the fact that Ten House is metaphorically portraying God and Mm -hmm. he has the opening line and the whole like let there sort of be light situation that he creates. So we know that there is a lot of Christian themes and the Bible that are very prominent in in dark. Some of the things that I wanted to point out are when I was doing the Katarina episode, I noticed the sheep because her father is the farmer that they show all the sheep die. Well, there's 33 sheep that die. 33 Mm -hmm. is a major theme in the Bible. That number repeats itself. Now, here's what's super interesting as well. Her father, Katerina's father, quotes, be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. That's what he says. That's actually scripture from the Gospel of Mark. 1333. Love that. Oh my God. 1333. Yes. And he he also says that he... Holy sheep. Yeah. Holy sheep. Holy sheep. (laughs) He he also says that the parish has a new priest and that he's a good man, which I, I think is pretty interesting. A couple of other things. Greta Doppler, we know that she's extremely religious and she has a couple of things as well. She quotes the letter to Hebrew 413 when she says, nothing is hidden in his sight. Later, Noah asks Helg to read that, and then he reads from Psalm 119, You are my hiding place and my shield, I hope in your world. There are some general concept as well. The Antichrist is referenced several times throughout the show. Jonas mentions to Tanhouse that the Antichrist begins his rule at the age 33, and the scene cuts to Noah with ominous music. Uh, Mm -hmm. Again, bringing it back to 33. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Ten House talks about the lunar cycle. Charlotte references the lunar cycle and how everything repeats again. 33 years 
she talks about how the sun and the moon are aligning every 33 years. And then Tanhouse says there's more to the number 33. And they mention several references in the Bible, of course, but uh, Jesus performed 33 miracles. Yeah. I I learned a new term in my research for this week, which kind of touches on what you were just saying about the whole concept of things uh, resetting every so often. And the whole concept of the world resetting every 33 years is fictional. But I think, and I may be mistaken, I didn't look into the details too much, but it's based on the Metonic cycle, which I didn't know existed, but it's super cool. Wait, tell me everything. Tell us more about that. Yeah. It's um, a period of approximately 19 years after which the phases of the moon recur on the same day of the year. The recurrence is not perfect. And by precise observation, the metonic cycle is defined as 235 synodic lunar months, a period which is just an hour, 27 minutes and 33 seconds longer than 19 tropical years. Um, So just that whole concept of things in nature resetting every so often I think that's where they took this inspiration where instead of 19 years, it's 33 years in the show. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So there's more 33 too uh, in this show. In the Bible, hold on, let me go back because I now have my notes up here. So Jesus performed 33 miracles. Dante wrote 33 cantos in purgatory and 33 in paradise. There are also 33 litanies of the angels. Jonas, again, I think I I just said this, Jonas adds 33 is the age the Antichrist begins his rule, but Jesus also lived to age 33 before he was crucified. So 33 is a very big number. There are some more imagery in the show, obviously the St. Christopher the patron saint of travelers, um, which is big in the show. And then the fall of the damned is a copy, at least, is shown in Adam's study in the Sigmundus lair. And that depicts Michael, the archangel, defeating armies of Satan and causing the fallen or casting the fallen angels into the abyss. And then now we go into the name, the biblical names, which we touched on a little bit in a mini-sode. So if you've been skipping the mini-sodes, don't. So biblical names in the show, we've got Jonas, which is Jonah. Jonah is a prophet who's called upon by God to warn the city of Nineveh of its destruction, which blew my mind when I found this because I went, holy cow, this is exactly sort of kind of what he does in the show. He's trying to warn everybody of the apocalypse, at least in the beginning, until we realize he's trying to bring it, bring it about, right? So he's called upon by God to warn the city of Nineveh of its destruction. Jonah, however, flees instead. Can I just say also how hilarious it is that Pews was like, I have like no research. And she's just like, let me just break down the Bible for you right now. Just hold up. Let me. I'm like, I have no research now, my dude. (laughs) I I wanted to go through the. So what I tend to do is I do this initial research that I've done. And then I go in and I look, I watch a couple of key episodes and I had bookmarked some episodes to watch especially ones that had like biblical titles. I wanted to look at that, but I just, I didn't have time. I have to limit my screen time. So yeah. I couldn't yeah. do that. But um, okay, so Jonah tries to flee instead. And after his ship is caught in a mighty storm, he ends up being swallowed by a large fish. A whale, I think. Is it a whale yeah. or am I? It's a yeah, whale. it's a whale. And then he repents. And after three days, he's vomited out and proceeds to Nineveh. Jonas is the Greek variant of the name. I found that too. It blew my mind. Greek. Yep. Yeah. Like the Greek tragedy. Yeah. 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 Also Ariadne and (laughs) the Minotaur Mm -hmm. and, you know, all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that goes back to that was Kel's email, right? That pointed that out. I think it was Kel that made the Greek tragedy reference, which I know everybody's like, wait a second. What? 
it's a mini so that we technically just recorded this morning, but it comes out in a couple of days. Yeah. So this episode's going to release on Thursday. So when you're hearing this on Monday, you're going to have a little gift and it's a Radio Winden episode that talks a little bit more about that. Okay. So Jonah is the Hebrew version of the name, but, but Jonas is Greek, which I, that made me stop. Now, yeah. Michael and or Mikkel, of course, the oh. are, oh yes, go ahead. One more thing to add about Jonas. Yeah. Um, so I saw the Greek variant that was amazing. Yeah. There's also a Hebrew version of the name that means dove. And oh, in the Old Testament, what? Noah releases a dove from the ark to look for dry land. No. And the dove returns yes. with an olive branch, which means yeah. the waters are receding and it's safe to go outside. But wasn't there a bird that he released first? It was a crow. And um, Noah released the crow and the crow didn't come back. And therefore, crows are like, God's not into crows. Was it was it that? <laughs> I think it was I that. I honestly can't remember. I think you're right. There was a, pr a bird previously that didn't come back. I don't know if it was another dove or if it was a different type of bird. It would make I sense if wonder, it was a different. I wonder yeah. if her necklace is actually a dove. Francisca. <gasps> Francisca. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I buy it. It's a good theory. It's a good thought. Oh, a raven. Apparently it was, it was a raven. A raven. It was a raven. Okay. Yep. okay. And the raven never came back. Yeah. Yeah. And then he sent out a dove the second time. I wonder who the raven is. If Jonas is the dove, I wonder who the raven is. Helg. <laughs> Helg. Yeah. Helg doesn't survive. Helg doesn't come back. Oh, God. Yeah. Did I well, just depress geez. us? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> 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 oh. Uh, so then Michael or Mikkel, um, the archangel Michael commands the armies of God against the armies of Satan, the book of Revelation. He's the guardian against Satan and the protector of the church. So if you think about this for just a second, if you think about him being a guardian against Adam, which is what Mikkel thinks he's doing when he kills himself, and he is the protector of the church. And if the church is paradise or their belief, then that's what he's doing. He's doing literally that in the show, which I think is pretty awesome. In the Catholic tradition, he's also the angel of death, visiting the departed to give them the final chance at redemption. Mikkel is the Scandinavian variant of Michael. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed that because I think if you yeah. if you do look at the metaphor of a church, which that, that's a very common metaphor that's used a lot. Your church is your house. Your house is your belief, your moral code, you know, that kind of thing. And if you look at that, then I think there's even more metaphor. The fact that he hung himself from the rafter of his house. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, I mean, Adam goes on to live underneath the St. Christopher's Church in Winden, and yes. that's where his lair is, is yes. beneath the church and the cemetery where Mikkel is buried as well. Yes, yes. Oh. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. Also, just how his death kicks off the whole story. Yeah. Angel of death and his death is what brings about the rest of the story. I want to talk about this in a later episode. There's a specific one. I think it's the cinematography one, but I think there's an important piece that I think dark listeners, maybe if you're in the middle of a rewatch, you can take a peek and see, but I think there's a specific reason they start the story where they do. Like, I think there's metaphor there in why we see Mikkel's story first and why we, and it's not just, ooh, this will be interesting and mysterious. Like, I think yeah. there is something there that we should all go away and investigate and really think about because I do think there is a purpose why we see what we do first. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it's not because the show really does lean heavily on the end as the beginning, which would lead me to think that Mikael is the beginning and the end, but he's he's not. Like Mikael taking his own life is not the beginning and the end. Tanhouse is. So but maybe it's the taking of life. 
that is the beginning and the end. Oh, yeah. Which could because be Because of it. the end where they take, they erase They're their existence. erasing their own existence. And what started it all was the act of life being taken away. It was the death That's of... That's true. Yeah. That's true. Of Ten yeah. House's son. Yeah. yeah. So in that way, the beginning is the end and the end is the beginning. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. But I still think there's more. I think there's something there, you know, like the Ulrich and the thing. Yeah. There's something there. Yeah. They didn't just start it there because it was interesting. I mean, maybe they did, but they've done so much with purpose. I just, there must be something there. And it's up to us dark fans to figure it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's still kind of like tickling in the back of my mind is the whole concept of Michael returning as a hallucination to to Jonas. Yeah. Covered in oil. Black, it's yeah, oil. Yeah. Like the oil or the tar or whatever black substance that is. Martha's and then also Marta. Covered by, yeah. Yes. But that was she she saw herself in the alt world when she was in the in the woods. She turns around and it's herself in a dress, I believe. But same thing, dripping with that black substance. And so far, I haven't found a good explanation. Yes, PB. Oh, my God. You're making a face. What? I did. What? Oh, I just, just found now? it. Just found it. What is it. it? Well, but it's biblical. So it relates very specifically to what we're talking about right now. Okay, perfect. When oil is used symbolically in the Bible, it specifically is referencing sacrifice. Holy oh, what? Fuck, you're right. The fuck. What the <laughs> actual f <laughs> We swear in this podcast all the time. I don't know why we're like we need the we need the we need the mind blowing thing because like wow. Oh. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. No, I love that. Yes. Yes. Because you put oil on something and then like there's, there's burning and yeah. Yeah. So then can we quickly talk about how so many people in this show die and the only two that are shown as being real sacrifice are Michael, 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 and Marta. And and Marta. Marta. Yep. So what's going on with all the others where they're not being official sacrifice? Like yep. honest sacrifice. Yep. Do you know what I mean? That that's it. You've we've just oh. fucking solved the one thing that I have also been like, what what is it with oh. the oil? What is it? Wait, because they're sacrificed. Also, yeah. Doesn't Jonas see himself in a mirror with oil yes. on his face? Yes, it's oh like coming god. out. Of, it's coming out of here. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. Wait. So then, so then, those are the only three people who actually sacrifice themselves in three? this. Three, three. Wait, is Claudia ever covered in oil? I don't, I don't know. We have to go back. So. We have to. I'm, we we got to go back. It up right now. <laughs> yeah. We. Holy crap! That is so good. I can't believe I got goosebumps when I. Holy I looked that did up. Too. Oh Dude. my goodness gracious! Oh God! Oh my God! I'm, I'm googling more pictures to see exactly. Yeah. While you're googling too, oil also was used as like anointing. Yes. To sanctify yes. or yep. like yes. anoint someone. So mm -hmm. I mean that also. That Holy would set shit, Mikkel, Jonas, and Marta apart from the rest of the cast yeah. because they've been like identified as the anointed like, yeah, ones. as like holy or special or something. Okay, but that okay. So then here's a question, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone is like fucked by this timeline. Okay, it's not just Jonas and Marta and Mikkel. Jonas and Marta, I totally get because they are the originators of this timeline, and they're like the main two, right? But why Mikkel? Is it because Mikkel is the father of Jonas, but Jonas is the like great 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 grandfather of Mikkel? What is it about Mikkel that stands that has him standing out? Because if it is just sacrifice, then it makes sense. It makes sense that it's just a sacrifice. But if it's something about anointing or something that makes him particularly special over everyone else, along with Jonas and Marta, 
Because it's not like the unknown's ever covered in oil. Um, yeah. And it's not, you know? I want to say it's the tie to Jonas because it was Mikkel's disappearance that set in motion everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I like the, I mean, obviously oil is used in an anointment and in, you know, fashion, but it's a different kind of oil. You know, it's not the black yeah. tar oil. So I think the key here is that when that black tar type of oil is used metaphorically in the Bible, it's used metaphorically to represent a sacrifice. And to me, the fact that th they're covered in it, those three people, which good, good shout on the three, the number three, that that's maybe more so what it's representing, not that it's anointing them or denoting them as anything special other than the fact that they're a sacrifice. A true yeah, sacrifice. Yeah. And they choose the sacrifice themselves, I think, is the key there, is that they truly do sacrifice themselves yeah. for someone else and for something else, which, you know, Noah doesn't do. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, that I find really interesting is that Mikkel is completely covered and Marta is completely covered. Jonas, Jonas yeah, only has, like, the leaking of the ear. And I think in the Mirror episode, it's been a while, but I, I remember him turning to his mirror in his room and seeing his reflection and it had black stuff on it. Yeah. But it wasn't as much, I don't think, to your yeah. point. I just wonder about that too, like, because he sacrifices Marta for supposedly everyone. But I think we've talked a, a little bit about this before that it's like, yes. I was just going to say, it's not oil, okay? But after Ulrich beats Helg to shit, he's got all this stuff on his face and it's like covering his face in this like dark, dark blood, like dark, dried blood. Yeah. And it's in both of the things. Also, the kids with the black along their eyes where um, yeah. they go through the time travel device and their eyes are blacked out. Also, in the play with Marta, there's a guy who has his eyes blacked out just like the kids do in the time travel machine. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. anyway, yeah. pretty wild. Anyway, sorry, because Helg also sacrifices himself. But however, you could argue he doesn't truly sacrifice himself. He is trying to seek redemption, which yes. means that he sacrifices himself for, for a purpose of seeking redemption. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. Whereas Mikkel's is a true sacrifice. Yeah. And I shouldn't say true sacrifice because sacrifices are all of them give a true sacrifice. But I just mean in the in the sense that like he is he is being sacrificed for this concept or for this paradise or for, you know, whatever that is. A, he is a, the sacrificial lamb, yeah. which is unbelievable. So, wow. Holy cow. Honestly, I was not expecting a Bronx this episode, but you know, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Let's see. So back to the names really quickly before we dive into the, the summary is uh, Noah. Obviously, we talk about Noah in the book of Genesis. God tells Noah that he intends to destroy all of humanity with a great flood. Adam tells Noah that the world is going to be destroyed by a great apocalypse, right? Yeah. Except for Noah's family, who will survive on an ark that he builds, as well as the animals that they bring with him. Oh, my so, God. And he travels through time collecting yeah. people, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also just, you know, Noah is, that's why he's called Noah. That's why Adam renamed. Now, Adam. Oh, in oh, the before you move on. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. An extra little nugget I found about Noah. So obviously the tie to Noah and the Ark and everything, you know, we've talked about that a couple of times, including just now. I also found out that the German word for dove is Taub or Taube or however you pronounce Shut it. Shut up. How, how is it spelled? Shut T -A -U -B -E. up. T-A-U-B-E. Yeah. So it's the German word for dove and the E-R inflection in Tauber 
mm-hmm. denotes the male bird. But in some cases, this is an occupational name for like a pigeon breeder or whatever. But I just thought it was so cool that someone named Noah, his real name is Hanno Tauber, yes. which relates to doves. Yes. Yeah. Like what yeah. the That's actual shit. Fucking That's insane. amazing. Oh, I love and you know, this podcast. Adam, Adam releases his dove, dove Noah into the world to prepare the way for new life. Yeah, it's so good. Hold oh. on. This might be, I just Googled something. Okay. Uh, this might be completely not a thing, but I just Googled Hanno. Yeah. And I found out that there is a person called Hanno the Navigator. He was a Carthaginian explorer of 6th or 5th century BC, best known for his naval exploration of the western coast of Africa. The only source of his voyage is a Greek periplus. According to some modern analyses of his route, Hanno's expedition could have reached as far south as Gabon. However, others take him no further than southern Morocco. I just think it's funny that Hanno the Navigator was a sailor and Noah is uh, hanging out (laughs) on a ship. Uh, On an ark, yep. (laughs) That's crazy. Yes, yes. Yes, BB. Do we know where the turtle voyage in the book that Noah has and carries? Where is that? I'm going to look it up right now. Like in the show, where is it shown? No, I know where it's shown in the show, but they're referencing a specific place. Yes. That's right. You said that in the Noah episode. Yeah. I just concussion brain. I literally cannot recall what island they're referencing, which by the way, turtles are excellent navigators, but that's probably thinking far too into it. But I just mean (laughs) it'd be interesting if that reference in Hanno's book or in the book has another tie. Like if Hannah yeah. the Navigator and this explorer went down and discovered some of these islands, it'd be really fucking cool. If I just am curious if there's a connection there. Here it is. The island of Java. Okay. I don't believe... That's Indonesia. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe that that is so that's not, related to Hannah. Yep. Yeah. He was in a completely different area. Anyways, fun times. Hanno the Navigator, Hanno the navigator. Dove. Wow. The Dove. So good. So good. That is a genius find, Acorn. Good so job. Good. These are Oh, these are all so good. Now I've I'm learned like, the word for dove. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tauba. Tauba. Shin. Okay, so then I think just two more and then we can dive into some other themes yeah. and, and Apple and things like that. But two more names. So Adam, in the book of Genesis, Adam is the first human to live on earth with Eve or Ava. God forms him out of the earth but then curses him for disobedience to toil the earth until he himself will return to the earth. In the Christian tradition, Adam's disobedience is the original sin, which introduces death and taints all of humanity until humanity then becomes redeemed by Christ. So I think this concept is super interesting and I actually missed it in the first watch through because like I knew he was calling himself Adam and I knew it's like, oh, Adam and Eve, but it literally didn't hit me that it's their original, it's their sin together. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That destroys all of humanity and curses everybody to be stuck in this time loop. And I just, I just missed it until I went back and was looking at that. So that's right. Very cool. Amazing. And then of course, Ava, which is also, she's the other first human to live with Adam. She, however, gets Adam to eat the forbidden fruit, which makes him lose his innocence. Uh, And she's partly responsible for their banishment from Eden's garden uh, of paradise. Now, in some iterations, I don't know about you all, but when I was raised, it was entirely Eve's fault. Yeah. She was the temptress. She listened to Satan. Yeah. She listened to Satan, took the apple and then gave it to Adam. And then, you know, that's why women have periods. Yeah. mm -hmm. Childbirth hurts a a ton. Women were punished more than than men 
men because of that. At least that's what I was taught to believe, which I, I definitely no longer believe that. That is as far as I got in my notes here. So let's dive in. I have two in. more names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. also Merck's has something. Yeah. Let's go so ahead and many start somethings. with the names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's also there's also a couple more, but I figured we'd thematically talk about that a little bit too. Acorn, go ahead with the names first. So I have two more names that I added to my list. One is Martha, who was one of the two sisters in the New Testament whose home was visited by Jesus. And her sister, Mary, was the one who sat at Jesus's feet and listened to him speak while Martha was busy with meal preparations. And in the Gospel of Luke, when she complained to Jesus about how her sister wasn't doing anything and helping, as far as I remember, Jesus replies, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed, which could symbolize Martha's worry and upset about the things around her, but not the issue like the end of the world. She's so focused about her relationship with Jonas and all these other things going on in her immediate world, finding Jonas, for instance, but not so much about the end of the world. She was like kind of in denial and not really paying attention to that. Man, I didn't even know there was a Martha in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And also her home is visited by Jesus and like Jonas shows up at her house. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. And the weird thing about Jonas is that he is... Adam and Jonas and also holy shit I just realized that's what I was gonna say my dude holy that was shit what I was gonna oh, say what? so I think I think that adult like Adam is Adam but I have I think like young Jonas is Jesus yeah I was gonna say that but also Jonas is also Jonah yeah, Jonah. yeah where he refuses to acknowledge the apocalypse he thinks he can stop it and he runs from it in the beginning yeah. Oh, yeah. He does do that. And they get swallowed by the whale. But yeah, but I also think that that's why they made such a significant name change. And he called yeah. himself. I mean, obviously, there's the idea that he's calling himself Adam so that, you know, we as viewers don't know that it's the same person. Oh, but true. Come on. Is the show the show does so much more than that. They did a name change, not just for that reason. I feel like they did a name change significantly metaphorically. And then it was just a bonus that like, oh, that's perfect because it'll make it harder for people to yeah. figure out what's going on. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I think Adam represents Adam and then Jonas is supposed to be Jesus. But to Merck's point with him being Jesus too, like Jesus is the son of God. And we've talked about how Jonas is a tie to Tannhaus's son yep. and Tannhaus is the God of this world. Yep. Yep. But also it works because Tannhaus, because Adam and Eve are also God's children. God created them. So, it, you know, it is, it is there as well. I find it interesting that Adam renames himself and Eve renames herself as they do. There is an element of doing it with the full meaning. There's an element of recognition of their own mistakes. There's an element of recognition of like the fact that they will never find peace again. You yes, know, like yes. you don't really want to be Adam or Eve. Like I wouldn't want to name myself Eve or Adam. Uh, there's an element of hopelessness almost about that. Yeah. So I find that super interesting. And it also, when yeah. you think of it that way, it makes a huge amount of sense why he would name himself Adam and why he would do that change because he's committing himself to ending the world. And why he becomes so cold and callous in it is because, of course, he doesn't have any hope if he's naming himself Adam with the understanding of who Adam is and what the purpose of Adam's like story is supposed to mean. He knows he's not going to paradise. The paradise is not for him. He knows that like he's already committed the sin. There's no coming back from it. Maybe. I don't know. I might just be. Shit, man. Ah, <laughs> so good. I'd also like to say I saw a Reddit theory a while ago and I do not 
and I'm so sorry, but I do not know who the Redditor was who posted it. Mm -hmm. I could find it in like a second, maybe. So let me actually look it up because it changed the way I think about stuff. Okay. While you're looking that up, there are obviously some other really like key religious things. There's a painting of Adam and Eve. Oh, I have one more name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I have one more name and it's Elizabeth. And this one is freaking crazy. Not quite. All the so the credit to this goes to inverse.com. They had an article about religious themes in dark. And oh my God, Elizabeth was the cousin of the Virgin Mary and the mother of John the Baptist. Her role as the mother of her own mother, Charlotte, in the in the show no, is a no. huge part of the plot. But the most interesting parallel to the Bible is Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah, is a priest who was struck mute by God. Holy Noah, Elizabeth's shit. husband is in dark, is also a priest and broke Helga's silence with a Bible verse. What? So there's ties between Elizabeth and her husband, Zachariah, the priest and Elizabeth in the show and her husband, quote unquote, Noah, who's a priest. And then the whole thing about being mute. It's really cool. That Yeah, that's flipping awesome. Uh, Man, that's good. That's some good shit. Before we dive into uh, Mergles is looking something up here for us. But uh, before we dive into that, there's some other key things that I mean, I don't think anybody watching the show missed this, but there's the painting of Adam and Eve that's used very heavily in, in season three. Yeah. There's the the acts of fire as cleansing, which is a big theme in Dark and both the Bible. There's also Adam in a picture with 12 of the people in Sigmundus Est, which are 12 disciples, which is something oh, really kind of, yeah. Um, make that connection. Yeah. And then the apple, the device Martha uses to travel looks like an apple, which we talked a yeah. little bit about before. But yeah, it very much looks like the apple of, of Eden, which is very, very cool. I think other than that, there are some general themes that I noticed, but that was the main stuff. Yeah. I have more stuff to dive into once we go into yeah. this next section. Perfect. I did see a really fun thought on Reddit. Someone said that all 10 commandments have been violated by the end of the first season. Shut up. <gasps> oh, my God. So I am the Lord thy God. Thou shall not have any other gods before me is the first one, which I think could be interpreted in a lot of different ways because people are, I guess, focusing on or fixating on different things. Mm -hmm. That's probably the hardest one to to match up. But I, I think there is something there. The second commandment is thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. Mm -hmm. Remember to keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor thy father and mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. And thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. Holy sheep. So yeah, Mergles, did you find what you're looking for? Yeah. Yes, I did. So I was trying to find the original post that talked about Ava's time travel device being referred to as an apple. Because when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, yes, that's exactly what it is. Uh, however, I did not find that. But I did find one other one on the dark Reddit, mm -hmm. which I will just read this out to you because it does bring up uh, an interesting point. We've covered most of it, but like this brings up an interesting point. So uh, posted by Abid Granger, I believe. Did you ever think about Claudia's nickname or why Martha and Jonas did not keep their name, even though everyone knew them with their OG names? Because this is a huge symmetry or whatever you call it between these three worlds and heaven in spiritual beliefs. Jonas, Adam, Marta, Apha, Claudia, white devil, aka Satan. 
H.G. Tanhouse, creator of Worlds, The God, Journey Through Time, God's Book, and Merrick as Jesus. Adam and Ava are the beginning of humanity, and so are Jonas and Marta, but they got tricked by Satan, the white devil, to take the apple round-shaped time machine. In the photo of Adam and Ava, the apple was in Ava's hand. As we know, that machine was from Alt-Marta's world and she has it. As they go in time and travel space stuff, plus Merrick dies, the god builds a machine and shuts Adam and Ava's world down by creating them at first. So we have God's book that we do not know where it came from. What I found interesting about this one was that I also had been thinking, like, I don't I don't know why Claudia was ever referred to as White Devil. It doesn't seem to result in anything in the show. But the idea of her being Satan is super interesting, especially since it's often referred to her as being, she's often referred to as being the way of the light, which I find curious. And also, you know, there's, there's some shit. sort of analogy I- there with the fact that she is trying to help her, her child, her daughter, which could be you know, interesting. Is Regina the Antichrist? I don't know. <laughs> did you just um, have yeah. the same thought? I, I did, think I did. With the I think light? I did. Do you want to go first? Lucifer is known as the angel of light. Mm-hmm. So that and let's follow this through. If your church is your belief, if your house is your belief and their belief is in paradise and the apocalypse and keeping the loop going and their very existence depends on that loop continuing then Claudia is the devil. She is the temptress trying to stop the loop from happening. Yes. Oh, my my God. And to take it a step further, she is the one tempting them to the way, the truth, and the light. Yes. It's true. Which is that they don't exist. She's also the bearer of information. Like the whole point about Satan in the Bible and ah. Eve eating the apple is that she eats the apple and then she gains knowledge. knowledge. And that's the right. whole point. Holy knowledge shit. of who she is and what she is and, and what Claudia everything does. is. And wait a minute. Oh my God. Oh my, oh my God. God. <laughs> so, okay. Claudia not, Wrong. Yeah. Claudia not only has information, but she's constantly getting information that nobody else has. She has knowledge in the show. She gets yeah. the knowledge of the things from Burned. And she's like, why didn't you tell me? She gets that knowledge. And then she gets to choose what to do with it. Uh, she has the knowledge of who Regina's real father is. And nobody else gets that. Like, she just, she she has the book. She gives the she book to the them. She has the blueprints for the time machine. Right? Oh, like, that too. She, yes. She represents knowledge in the Keeper of Knowledge. And we're going to stop because Claudia has her own episode. But like, bro. Oh my God. <laughs> Ava does give doesn't Ava give Claudia the time machine no Claudia Ava gives Claudia the book oh man okay anyway that's insane so holy but but what's important about that is like Adam and Eve ha Adam and Eve are in the garden they are in Eden if Eden is the loop and their very existence they are maintaining the garden they're in their whole little world They're in their loop. They're trying to break the loop, except they're never going to break the loop. So they're perpetually in this existence. And then Claudia comes in with knowledge of like, there's a truth out there. Do you want to know the truth? And the moment you know the truth, you're out. Yep. You're out of your Eden, which in a weird way, that is such a weird (gasps) way to look at that fucking paradise metaphor. Sorry, She kills her dad. Yeah. (gasps) She kills her dad, guys. And then is cast out. And cast out, she leaves her own time Shut after she kills up. her dad. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. 
That's some biblical oh shit God. right there. I have full oh. on body goosebumps. Wait, yeah. so then oh, yeah. Aegon, what's the deal with Aegon then? I think, well, I don't. Is it Aegon just has incidental? his own episode. So we, I think yeah. that that's more Claudia's representation is she's supposed to represent that. And she's repeating yeah. that theme throughout the show. Aegon, I think, has a different purpose. Yeah. Um, but I think oh it's God. that's so good, man. That's so good. That's fucking this insane. Is, this is why we do this. This is why we this, do this. Yeah. <laughs> right it's here. so good. It's so good. Oh my God. We each bring like something and place it on the table and then we then create a masterpiece out of it. The, the three timelines meet and it's like oh my wrong. God. Like, here we go. God, that was awesome. Oh man. <sighs> Anybody else have anything to say about that specific piece? I can see well, Merz's brain I'm, is still going. Like she's trying yeah. to think of all the other things <laughs> and timelines. I'm going through all of the other instances where like Okay. Oh my God. Uh, Claudia gives the oh paper to Agnes God. and Wait gives the information to Agnes, and Wait then Agnes goes and kills. No, yeah, 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 yeah. So, what if I think there are instances in which Claudia represents the devil, but also Claudia could represent the second coming of Christ, mm. right? Or Christ itself. So, if you look at Claudia, who is in some ways sacrificing Regina so that Regina may live, yes, right? Oh, She's yeah. sacrificing her in some of these realities so that she may live in the real world. That is true. That is yeah. true. Because yep. Regino then in that scenario would be Jesus. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Holy. Yeah. Except oh. for, I, see, I never really bought that Regino was the savior. She's a savior in that she's the key. Like, she's what made yeah. Claudia realize, sorry, mind explosion, go on. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm thinking more on this, okay? And like, when Marta and Jonas sacrifice themselves, and then they're back to like the regular timeline, isn't there something along the lines of like, Yona and Marta are cast out of Eden? And then that's what begins the line of actual human beings that we all like come from? So like, isn't, oh. isn't like Marta and Jonas, like Adam and Eve sacrificing themselves by leaving Eden, yeah. which then leads into the actual lineage of Going real ass people living world. out? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Cain now, and Abel they and don't everyone. sacrifice themselves. I don't think they're just cast out. Exactly. They yeah. just leave and then they're wear clothes. If I yeah. remember correctly, they're like, <laughs> this yeah. nudity thing not they're, really working. Yeah, they're punished <laughs> and then they have shame and then they're, yeah. they're one Pain original sin. Yeah. Um, Toiling the earth. Yeah. It poisons yeah. everything down the line. And yes, Adam and Eve are the birth. They start everything. They start the whole lineage of the world, which yeah. is interesting because the metaphor of the show, that is absolutely accurate. Their lineage is they start the whole lineage in this closed time loop, non-existent to realities. I kind of look at it as some, a weird, almost like dream state you know, where these things exist, but they're existing in a space that is outside of the original world. But we can talk more about that later. What's up? Merck looks like she's having a heart attack. I mean, I'm, I'm just like, I'm maybe just, maybe I'm reaching. So yell we at me. The reach. So, it's good. I'm going to reach. It's good fun. It's good fun. I have very long arms. Yep. Let's go. I'm going to reach. Um, <laughs> listen, what if everyone Every single character in this show is some form of Adam and Eve, and they're paired off in male and female sides. So you have Noah and Elizabeth, and then you have Regina and Alexander, and uh, Magnus and Francisca, and Ulrich and Katerina, Ulrich and Katerina, Hannah and Mikael, uh, Egon and Doris, um, Agnes, the unknown. Because as far as we know, I think Agnes and the Unknown are the ones who got together. Yeah. They didn't get together. I think he, yeah. he raped her. So, yeah. But, but yes. I'm curious as to know if the amount of like 
male and female characters matches up in the numbers. And I'm also curious to know, what does that say about Bernadette? Matches up in the numbers? Yes, I see what you're saying. Let's pull Do you see it up. what I'm saying? Let's just pull what? up the what? timeline. She wants to know, like... Be- Is everyone what- enacting an Adam and Eve scenario? Is everyone a, a Merrick and a Sonia? Could, could I, oh. like, perpetually or aborting it, right? Like, yes. So this is super interesting, and I really want to talk about this on a on Ten Houses episode. Okay, but, great. We can save it. But I do like the idea that this is almost dreamlike. Like, these yeah. realities and these worlds are existing in a space that isn't real, and yeah. that everyone is a metaphor, and that the entire yes. show, everything that's happening is basically, you know, a fragment of something else that is a reference to what really existed in the original world. I have a plan to watch oh. through this show and be yeah. like, oh, yeah. have you ever seen those movies where it's like, or had a dream where you're able to pick out, oh, I know why there was a yellow chair in the dream. It's because I saw a yellow chair that morning and yeah. that. I think yeah. there's potential for Dark to be that. And and maybe it's good that it came up this way because Ten House is one of our last episodes. So maybe it's good that I'm saying this now because maybe those listening can go and watch and maybe see if there's think. anything in there and think on it some more. Yeah. But I've been wondering if that's the case, especially because the more and more I think about it, the more I believe that Jonas and Marta are in that same dreamlike state. They are fragments of his children. Children that he's trying to save. Yeah. So what if the whole world is like this? That's what, what if I'm the thinking. World yeah. Was what if Ten Houses' world was a mirror, and that mirror shattered, and the same reflection is being reflected back in yes, so everyone. many different ways. Through and that's everyone, why there's right? so much. And that's, and that's why, why there's, there's so the generational much shit. That's, trauma, oh, and it just repeats and over. That's why the intro has the fucking mirror. Mirror. That's oh. why all of the cinematography <laughs> has the mirror. Wrap it up, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a siren should be playing right now, but also I, yeah. I'm super into this. I'm getting really hype thinking about it right now, and I, I just like holy shit. Also, I just before I forget, um, I love the theory that everybody is Adam and Eving, or everybody kind of like representing uh, this loop, this perpetual loop of pairing this way, everybody secretly representing his kids who are in love. And I think that's really cool because it also lends to the theory of, you know, the whole Magnus and Francisca having a draw, Hannah's obsession with Ulrich being unable to stop herself, like that draw and that obsession is super fucking cool. But I'd also like to posit that Noah's Ark takes animals two by two. Two by two. Oh my God. Also, then can we talk about instances where there is a third in the pair or something like that? Because Lilith is also a person that existed yes. and apparently was, I, correct me if I'm wrong, because this Wait, is what? not, I don't think this is, I don't think this is like in the original Bible. I think this is like part of I got the, you. I can't remember exactly. I got Thank you. you. Yeah, I was just going to say. Mesopotamian sure. culture and the Kabbalah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So wait, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Could we pause for just a second? Uh, yeah. Acorn, you said it came from where? Mesopotamian culture and the Kabbalah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Could you expand a little bit more on that for me? Yes. Okay. So here's a spoiler for you. This is one of my ace up my sleeve mic drop moments for someone. <gasps> Oh, is it for somebody who has their own episode? Yeah. Oh, do we want to know what it is? Is it really? I really want to tell you. Yeah, tell <laughs> us. Oh my tell god, us. tell us. Fucking tell us. <laughs> I think Hannah is Lilith. I knew it. That's what I was just going to say, my dude. I was just going to say that. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think Hannah is Lilith because if you follow her through the series, she takes the same Lilith arc as a character. Oh, 
Dude, I am I am signed the fuck up to this. Okay, all right. So tell us about Lilith. Well, should we save that? People are gonna go away and look it up. There's no way you can yeah. wait. Six oh my weeks god, yeah. no. Just tell <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna cover this again in Hannah's episode. We'll yeah. talk more about Hannah. But here's a little thing. As one of the most flawed characters in the show, Hannah gives birth to the center of the whole plot. Yes. Like Lilith giving birth to the darkness and the corruption of man, which is the tie back to her legend or her story. Lilith is known as the seductive harlot who leads men astray. But when they turn to her, she transforms into the angel of death and kills them. What? What? And I love this because in season three, episode four, Egon finds out that Hannah is pregnant. And one of the first questions he asks is, is it mine? And we know that Hannah is uh, is a manipulative cheater, but that image is perpetuated even by a character who hasn't known her very long. So yeah. Egan immediately thinks, "Are you a harlot? Are you sleeping around yeah. on me?" And in she the same was so scene, offended by that, by the she way, she stands up. For I mean, herself. I would. Yeah, I mean, of uh-huh. course. Like, how dare yeah. you? But she says, "What do you think I do all day?" Yeah, yeah. But she stands up for herself in that moment, and she goes off on him and says, "Like, you think you own the world? You can take what you want. It's everywhere I go. It's the same same thing." Yeah. And so later in the episode, she leaves Egon. And so I think that episode represents the transformation of Lilith, just the way he has his transformation to Adam and then Eve to Eva, and she does change after that. You're right. Yeah. Holy. F- and so she's, she says, fuck you, yeah. Adam. I'm going to leave the garden. I'm going to go do my own thing. You see? Wow. That's so fucking good. I, can I just talk about how silly it is that we just read and listeners, uh-huh. I apologize, but we literally, you're going to get this episode in like three days. But before we sat down to record this episode, we recorded a mini-sode where we we're like, we're going to talk more about Hannah. And that's literally going to happen before you hear us talk, respond to your email. So sorry for the weird order in which things are occurring, but what the actual... Yeah, that man. is so awesome. It turns the out both, little detail. both Acorn and I had aces up our sleeves about Hannah. <laughs> and you showed you you told us yours. I earlier, did. Right? I did. I told and it so early. Now I'm telling well, mine. I just didn't. I didn't want poor <laughs> Kel thinking we totally hated her completely. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. The other thing about Lilith is just during the feminist movement in the 1970s, she was transformed from a dangerous, seductive demon into a female symbol for autonomy, sexual choice, and control of one's destiny. So even as a symbol, she transformed. See, it's crazy because my understanding of Lilith as a person was not as like a demon or whatever. My understanding of her when I got to know her as a concept was that she was Adam's first wife and that right. she was actually intelligent and like was calling calling bullshit on everything. And that's why God threw her out was because she was actually already empowered. She was created with like the same stuff that Adam was. And then God realized that that was like too much for her, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, had yeah, a thing. I've heard a couple. I- I've literally never heard of her outside of referencing... And this is just, forgive me, this ignorance, but this is how I was raised. That Lilith is literally only used in the Satanism Bible, which they have. That's Uh, literally all. Oh, yeah. That's all I was raised to believe is like Lilith is in this Bible, but she's not really in the Bible and she's not really in the, you know, Christian belief. So, you know, to reference Lilith means you're a Satanist. That's what I was. That's what my church taught us when we were kids, which is absurd. And I'm blowing my mind here by telling me she's a symbol of empowerment in women and all this stuff. And I'm just like, well, I've never heard any of this before. 
any yeah, of it. Because uh, so according in some Jewish folklore, I'm looking this up, Acorn, I'm just going to hop, yep. hop in. In some Jewish fo- folklore, such as the satirical alphabet of Sarah, Lilith appears as Adam's first wife, who is created at the same time, Rosh Hashanah, and from the same clay as Adam. Compare what? Genesis uh-huh. 127, yeah. this contrast with Eve, who was created from one of Adam's ribs. The legend right. of so she's Lilith, an she's an equal. And she then goes on to be apparently the creator of like vampires and female demons and things like that. Uh, that's what I have heard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lilith yeah. Is the first vampire. Yeah. Yeah. And in general, my understanding is, again, that she she just was created of the same stuff as Adam and had her own personality and was like, <laughs> no. And then demonized for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, basically, I have two things that I want to throw out there. The first is her symbol being used as a, you know, empowerment and about choice and the fact that she actually is used that way in the show as well. Yeah. You know, with I'll the read abortion it back to you because I saw I saw you have a moment. Yeah. In the 1970s, she was transformed from a dangerous seductive demon into a female symbol for autonomy, sexual choice and control of one's destiny. Yeah, and she does all of that in the show. And those are the like the most redeeming moments I've seen in the show. That gift that she gives that girl when she's time traveling, you know, and calls herself Katarina, like you can yeah. view that as her being super manipulative and whatnot, but also you can view it as literally that representing the symbol taking of empowerment of and destiny. taking control of your destiny 100%. She does all yeah. of those things. And also just like the Murgles catch way in the beginning of their clothes from the 80s, like she went back to the 80s and lived out her life with her kid there with Celia and then, and then you know, takes control of her destiny like she and her saying she doesn't need anybody. I don't need you. I can do this is just that's amazing. Second thing, this is totally just silly and back on my whole Hannah hate. But the idea that Lilith birthed vampires, which are fucking soul blood sucking monstrosities, (laughs) does make me think like, oh, she does actually sort of do that to everyone around her in the beginning. She just like sucks the life out of everyone. You're a poison. You're a cancer. Yeah. Anyway, I wonder then if like there could be an argument for yes, peeves go. You're super excited and you're having a moment. What did you just say about Lilith being cast out by God? Because she was too just knowledgeable and had her own shit to do. Ulrich literally says that to her. You are poison. You are cancer and cast her out. Yes. Oh, yeah. My God. That's a great point. Yes, he does. We are going to have nothing to talk about for Hannah's episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's still there's still a lot to talk about. Still so much. And also because we've asked people to send us their ideas on Hannah, like we can do something really cool for her episode. This is totally appropriate. Talking about Hannah and the Lilith connection in our religion episode. Yes. Because here's the thing. So when I brought that up and before we like jumped on the Hannah is Lilith, Lilith thing. It was because I wanted to say, okay, so who's the third? Because in the creation myth, maybe not in the Christian Bible, but in the creation myth and in a bunch of other areas where there is Adam and Eve, there was a Lilith. And so who is the third for each of the pairs? So fucking shit. Yes. Dude, I think there's a third for each of the pairs. That is the Lilith. Bernadette for Peter and Charlotte. Or is it Peter and Bernadette? Wait, is it Peter and Bernadette? And then And then Charlotte Charlotte is the Lilith. Lilith. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. Either way. Yeah. It's a third. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then and then Jonas and Marta and Bartosh. (gasps) Oh, 
Oh, oh my God. Okay, let's go through this right now. Somebody pull up and the, then, the map of people and let's look. And then Tranta and Yana and Claudia. Oh my God. And then, oh my wait, God. wait, 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 wait. And then Burnt and Claudia and... And, uh, and Greta. And, Tront. and Greta, yeah. Right, because yeah. Tront thinks he's Regina's father, but it's really Burnt. So there's yeah. a yeah. trio there too. Oh my God. Agnes, <gasps> Doris, Egon. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Are we good <laughs> fucking catch Merkles? <laughs> right? This, what the even actual this fuck is the biggest bomb the we've unknown? ever had. This is the, the biggest unknown? fucking bomb. The, well, the unknown is his own three, which is why he's shown with the three oh the whole God. fucking time. Oh my and there's God. three. Adam, Eve, and Lilith are the three timelines. I oh am going to my barf. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm just looking at the timeline here and I just have to just start saying a whole bunch. So any, if I'm repeating, okay. I'm sorry, okay. but there's Go. also Katarina Ulrich and Hannah, but then in the, yep. uh, they're also mirrored in the other reality, but also then is Charlotte, Hannah and Ulrich. Uh -huh. And then uh, the only one I can't see is Francisca and Magnus. Magnus. Yeah. So who's their third? But literally nearly everyone else has one. Uh, there's also, oh my God, there's also Helg's mother. Greta. Greta. Greta and Burned and the third. And also Noah. Yes. Yes. The, the Serbian oh, oh, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. person. The oh Russian, let's, whatever yeah, he is. Rapist. Yes. Let's call it what yeah. it is. Her rapist. Yeah. But also there is, oh, holy shit. Oh God. There's Noah, Elizabeth and Charlotte. Charlotte. But then mm -hmm. there's also Noah, Elizabeth, and potentially the fucking her young love that he murders. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! How many killed? How many kids? There's three, right? Yes. Yeah, there's three dead. Mads, Hasin, and Eric. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And we, dude, we thought we understood the relevance of the three. <laughs> We didn't until now. Remember when we started this episode, we were like, oh, I hope it's going to go good. I None of us have any notes. Yeah. And then it was like, <laughs> like, what the actual hell? That is so good. Wow. Yeah, that is so good. That, that was, yep, that's the best bomb that we've had yeah. so far. On yep. Yeah, show. I think so too. I think so too. Man. Dear God. Yeah, that's so good. That is so good. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Bravo show. Bravo. <laughs> okay, so like anything else in religion? <laughs> I honestly I'm I'm okay to wrap there unless anybody has any other notes. Like I I that yep, that's really good. You know, even if it's a reach, even if it is a reach. Yeah. I love that we do that because it's like yeah. the possibilities and the idea yep. that yep. we are walking away thinking about, you know, cool things that are in the show. And personally, that's what I'm I'm here for. And I that's what I want when I am looking for stuff that continues from my favorite things when they're over. Yeah. Go on. Okay, so then quick question. Mm -hmm. We've got three worlds, right? Yeah. Because there's three timelines, three mm -hmm. worlds. We've got Adam's world. Apha's world and HG Tanhouse's world, which you could argue is God's world. Mm -hmm. I mean, is there a Lilith world? What about the place between worlds where, that Jonas and Marta go to? But that would mean there was a fourth, right? The place with knowledge. Oh, shit. You're right. There is, there is another place. A place of knowledge. Well, the place of knowledge would be Tanhouse. That's the real reality, the ori origin world, right? The actual. But no, but I the, mean like the interstellar scene where they're yeah, in, where they're standing on the oh, yeah the lights all around them. 
That's a place. That is a place. I have a theory wow. about that place that I'm okay, refusing okay. to talk about until later. Okay. 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 But yes. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Anyway, that's definitely a reach. But anyway. My God. Awesome. Oh my God. I had a random thought just now. Um, yeah. Is that in the Discord that you just posted? Is that Lilith? That yeah. is a picture of Lilith. Yeah. I find that very interesting. Yep. The thought that I had was, I wonder if they did casting based on like the more common portrayals of these people. Because that picture you posted looks a lot like Hannah. You think so? Yeah. I mean, Hannah's hair is brown. And th I think Lilith is being portrayed as like fair haired here. A redhead. It's just a random thought that I had that I wonder if I go dive into that. I wonder if I'll find anything. Yeah. Like what is the most common depiction of Noah? You know, what does he look like? Because we know the casting was impeccable for this show. So I wonder if yeah. when they were originally thinking, if they thought to themselves, I would like Lilith to have this kind of wavy hair, this curly hair, because Hannah does have the wave. Or if that's just putting, that may be putting way too much restriction on talent. Like they looked and were yeah. like, you're going to be this person because you're yeah. so talented. So it's just a thought. Yeah, I could see where you're coming from. Yeah. I think to your point, Lilith tends to be a little bit more angular, a little more like... Wait, Lilith has know. red hair? Yeah, Lilith is often depicted with red hair. Long, strandy red hair? Shut the fuck up. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to say she's usually depicted in this sort of like she has long red hair. She's like the sorceress that everyone, you know, sort of depicted Morgan? or hated. Like, yeah, probably. Some yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of the Celtic. Is that right? Is that who I'm thinking of in the Celtic? Uh... Uh, Morgan is like Morgana, Arthurian legend. Yep. I think she had dark hair. Yeah, uh, the Morrigan, also known as the Morrigu, the figure from Irish mythology. They are the version of the shut up. The Morrigan is often described as a trio of individuals, three sisters. The membership of the triad varies. Sometimes it is given as Bad, Mach, and Naaman. I'm going to totally screw that up. However, they are a version of the three fates. Uh, oh, neat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's super mm -hmm. cool. The Morgan is described as the envious wife and a shape-shifting goddess. I like it. That's that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. But yeah, there's so much religion in Dark. But I, honestly, I'm so satisfied with everything that we've yep. talked about. Me yeah. too. I think so too. Me yeah. too. The only other thing in my notes is just about the paintings. You oh, know, yeah. the yeah. damned. Yep. They've um, got some really good paintings in Dark. Can we include those in the show notes? Probably, I have yeah. one really high-res yeah, yeah. photo of okay. uh, the Fall of the Damned I was going to include. Let's do that. We'll also include the Lilith painting and some other cool stuff. Uh -huh. Um, do we have any dark find? Do you guys have dark finds? Yes. Okay, perfect. So mine isn't necessarily a dark find. It's more of a plea for other people to go and watch this movie um, so that I have more nerds to talk about it with. It's a movie called Stay. Don't look anything up about it. It's from 2004. It has Ewan McGregor in it, uh, Naomi Watts, and uh, Ryan Gosling. Please just watch it. I trust all dark fans will see what's there underneath the surface. And oh boy, please feel free to shoot an email to dark if you do watch it, because I'd love to hear what you think. But trust me, if you like oh, dark, man. you're going to love this. Is it hosted anywhere? Oh, you know what? It might not be. I think it might be on YouTube for like, you can rent it for like four bucks. Yeah. But as far as I know, it's one of those rare films that didn't necessarily splash at the box office. So it's a little bit hard to get, but it's so good. It's incredibly good. And if you like the metaphor and the layers hidden in dark, you will love, you will love this film. It's very good. There are so many details in it. I can vouch. Yeah. I can vouch well, for that. Watch we watched it, it yeah. together. Yeah. And um, yeah, I basically really like make everybody watch this like 
Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not a litmus test, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that, that I passed since we're still friends. <laughs> you can hate um, it and that's fine too. But like, there's just... No, it's really good. There's just details. Devil's in the details. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay, that's it. That was mine. Mercs, did you have some? Yes, I've got like two dark finds. And um, one of them is a dark find and one of them is a recommendation. I'm going to go through them really quickly. Okay. So the first dark find is a documentary that I found on YouTube. The channel is called Punk Photo. The title of the documentary was made in 1981. It's called No Future oder Kein Bock auf Illusion. Oh, that's right. You shared it in the yes, you shared I it in did. the Discord, and I was like, mind blown. Did yeah. we misunderstand the No Future? Yeah. Please tell us a little bit more about that. Of course. So, in doing some more research afterwards, I found that the term No Future was kind of like used as a phrase for the punk scene, uh, and especially in the 1980s. And this documentary features specifically the Duisburger punk scene in 1981. And it's crazy because when you watch it, you see all these uh, you see all these kids. It's in German. So I'm sorry if you don't speak German. I don't think there's subtitles. There are German subtitles. However, if you go and scroll through the documentary, there is a scene where one of the kids has no future written on the wall. And there's also a scene at the very beginning, the opening titles, no future is written in big white letters in the way that it is in dark. Um, Wow. So it's just a really nice, you know, it feels very much like they were doing their research on who Ulrich was and like what his vibe was. And I don't know if they were trying to make a statement necessarily, but it really just feels like a well-researched inclusion. So we will include the link to the video in the show notes. It's highly recommended. It's really cool. If you want to see a 14-year-old hang out as a punk and be like, (laughs) I'm 14. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, it's good. And then my other recommendation is also on Netflix. It just came out. I highly recommend it. It's called A Perfect Crime. It's a German documentary series about the reunification of the GDR and West Germany and the assassination of a official who was basically doing the liquidation of the GDR at the time. It's a very incredibly, they've got tons of like old footage and it's very well researched and everything. So I highly recommend it if you're interested in German history, subtitles in English. It's a Netflix original. It's got everything. So thank you so much. Awesome. That's my stuff. Awesome. The only thing I'm going to contribute is a really freaking high res version of The Fall of the Damned yes. by Peter Paul Rubens, which is hanging in Adam's lair. I found it on a website that has a really nice write up. I'm going to include that link too. It's um an article that some passionate art history person I wrote love about. listening to passionate people talk about the things that they love. Oh, I love it too. so much. Seriously. But just for context, This painting is 2.8 meters by 2.2 meters big, which is roughly nine feet by seven feet. It is huge. So there's a lot of detail. So in the show, that's to scale. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Wow. So it really is this big. That's very cool. Yeah. So let's wrap up and do some shout outs. Acorn, you want to go first? Uh, Sure. I am Acorn Bandit. You can find me online at acornbandit and joysons.com. I am also on another podcast here on the Geek Generation Network called Avatar the Podcast. And we are just about to go into season two. So if you are a new fan or an old fan, that is where we are. We'd love for you to come hang out with us and learn a little bit more about the Avatar world. Yeah, that's about it. 
Murgles, would you like to do your shout out? Of course. Hi, I'm Murgles. Uh, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Murgles. Um, I stream the making of an animated film that I'm currently working on on Twitch. And also very excited to say that I am on a new show with PB yes. on Saturday nights on Table Story at 4 p.m. EST. It's called Leech. And we play vampires, and it is the best thing of my life. And I'm so, so um, excited about yeah, it. Just come watch it. It's so good. It's very dark, but it's so good. Thank you so much, peeves. It's up to you now. Okay. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, if you're unfamiliar, it's collaborative storytelling. So it's improv. Everybody's playing their own character. And then uh, you have some one person that's kind of like leading the story along. And then, uh, yeah, it's been it was a pretty wild first episode. I really, really liked it. But yes, I'm PB. Um, you can find me at Twitch and Twitter at Pumpkinberry. But you can also find me at Pumpkinberry.tv and all the crazy stuff that I do. I've been recommending Nocturne the last couple of episodes. And I'm going to do it again because I do really think if you're a huge fan of Dark that you will really enjoy Nocturne. There's a podcast version of it. So take two seconds, look up Table Story nocturne in your podcast app and you'll find it and that's me and thank you again so much for listening to the podcast we really hope you enjoy it as much as we do of course if we've missed anything you can tweet at us individually or use the hashtag dark companion pod or you can email us right at dark at gmail.com and of course special thanks to johnny for letting us use the cover art you can find him at twitter at johnny knight and that is j-h-o-n-y-k-n-i-g-h-t we are also proudly part of the Geek Generation Network, and you can find more awesome podcasts related to cool, nerdy things like TV, comics, and movies at thegeekgeneration.com. Thank you so much for diving into Dark, and we'll be back next Thursday with episode number 11, which is As Above, So Below on Hermeticism and Alchemy. Yeah! Oh my god, oh, yes. So good. But before that, we will be back next Thursday, but we have a surprise yes. on Monday as well. We have the second Radio Wind in mini episode dropping on Monday. So enjoy. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.